Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Pathord. I'm a consultant psychiatrist at the Bethlehem Royal and Maudsley Hospitals based in South London. I'm joined today by Professor Till Wykes. She's a professor of clinical psychology at the Institute of Psychiatry, which is part of King's College London. And she and a group of co-authors have published a, a fascinating paper entitled Cognitive Remediation Therapy in Schizophrenia in the May issue of the British Journal of Psychiatry. Now, Till, uh, this is a randomized control trial of something called cognitive remediation therapy, and this is addressing um, cognitive deficits or cognitive problems in people with schizophrenia. Let's first of all start by talking about what do you mean by cognitive deficits or a cognitive problem? What, what are these cognitive problems that people with schizophrenia have? Well, people with schizophrenia have problems with their memory, with their attention, with often with their ability to solve problems as well, which actually limit their functioning in everyday life. Um, it's been known for a long time that uh, people, with schizo- people with a diagnosis of schizophrenia have uh, these difficulties, and in fact it's part of the diagnosis itself. Um, we've also known that they, these are deficits which last for a very long time. So once somebody has them, they usually don't get better unless they have some help. This is a rather neglected area, isn't it, in in, in the study of schizophrenia? Because when people think about someone with schizophrenia, they're often struck by the delusions someone may have or the hallucinations. And that has often dominated the way psychiatrists think about what the real problems that these patients have. They they would say it's because they hear voices they have problems. Whereas it seems to me that a lot of your work is around the idea that one of the reasons they may have problems are are these more subtle, perhaps, cognitive deficits. Uh, Clearly, the delusions and hallucinations are a big problem for people with schizophrenia. Um, But often, when those uh, difficulties are not so acute, so when the difficulties go away, people are still left with these cognitive problems. And it's those cognitive problems that seem to interfere with their ability to get a job, with their ability to manage their own life and live independently. And in fact, they don't just affect uh, their abilities themselves, but actually... Um, how much they can get from rehabilitation programs, so programs which are aimed to help people improve their skills. And we now know that people with uh, schizophrenia who have these cognitive difficulties actually learn a lot less from these uh, rehabilitation programs. So they really do um, have a rate-limiting effect on the outcome of people with schizophrenia. So they effectively prevent them from achieving the sort of goals that they might have in real life. So isn't this a real problem with the kind of standard treatment that people with schizophrenia have at the moment in the National Health Service, which is often when the treatment takes away their delusions or hallucinations, doctors and nurses believe the patient is treated successfully, uh, whereas actually there's still a lot more work to be done? I think that's absolutely true. When there's been a... For a very long time, we have uh, concentrated on... Uh, people getting medication treatments and other treatments, including cognitive behaviour therapy, for the delusions and hallucinations that people experience. And they clearly are distressing uh, for both the person and their family. But when they do get better, um, and even if they don't get fully better, when you actually look at the literature on what predicts outcomes later, it isn't the symptoms that seem to be the problem. The rate-limiting effect is of the, from the cognitive deficits themselves. So now um, let's turn to what cognitive remediation therapy is, because that's what was being offered in this study. What is that? Cognitive remediation is is really an umbrella term. Um, It covers a lot of different sorts of therapies, but they're all of them aimed at improving concentration, memory, uh, attention, 
and problem solving. And in the, the US, the, there's been more of a concentration on drill and practice, so people practice the same sorts of tasks over again with the hope that by practicing this particular task, then the skills of concentration will just improve. Um, in the UK, we've taken a slightly different tack. We do think that it's important to practice, and we think it's important to practice uh, in something called mass practice, so, so regularly. I know we give daily therapy. Um, but also we want to create a, an errorless learning environment so that people who um, people with schizophrenia who uh, learn actually often remember their errors rather than what was the correct response. So we try and reduce the number of errors that people make. And we also try to scaffold um, the information so that it's something a bit like how primary school teachers teach children. You give the, per- the, the, the child a task which is uh, just, out, just on the edge of their competence so that they... Um, are able to, to carry out the task, but actually we need to put in a bit of effort. And that's what we do for people with schizophrenia. So the tasks at the beginning are easy and then get more and more difficult. They're always within their competence, but they do require a bit of effort. And eventually we hand over some of the control of the therapy to the uh, participant so that the participant then can guide themselves through um, what they need to, to uh, learn. We try and teach them strategies rather than just drill and practice because we think that if they learn strategies they'll be able to use these strategies in lots of different kinds of tasks um, rather than just in the ones that we give them in therapy and in this the therapy that um, is sort of tested or evaluated in the paper in the British Journal of Psychiatry what we've actually also done is to try and link real life with the therapy itself so at the end of each of the modules of um, therapy we try and help people to link the skills that they've learnt within therapy with the sorts of things that they're going to have to do in everyday life. So if I was someone with schizophrenia and I was seeing you for cognitive remediation therapy, could you give me an example of the kind of thing that you might be doing with me, an example of the kind of task you might work with me on? Well, you might be given a task, or one of the very simple tasks, which is just a a page of uh, numbers, odds and evens, and we might say to you, well, can you cross off the line of odds? And... Most of the people that we deal with, who are people who have cognitive deficits and a diagnosis of schizophrenia, who really are not achieving much uh, in their lives at the moment, those people often don't even make it through the first um, line of numbers without either making uh, what we call an error of commission or an error of omission. That means they either cross off uh, the wrong wrong letter, an odd rather than an even, or they miss one out. And then we try and slow them down so that they do start to pay attention. They start to monitor what they're doing. So it's called an improvement in self-monitoring behaviour so that they can soon get through not just one line of odds, but they can remember to do two lines of odds, two lines of evens, which requires them to remember the task, to plan it, and to have a particular strategy for carrying it out. Talking about that particular task um, that you mentioned, it strikes me that one of the other things that comes into... Um, one's ability to complete that task and, and might determine success is one's motivation, one's, one's drive to finish it. Isn't that a confounding issue in this cognitive remediation therapy? Well, clearly motivation is absolutely vital to completing all of these tasks. And a lot of the people that we actually got to participate in this study were very unmotivated. But one of the things that providing people with an errorless learning environment, so they have a very high success rate, is that they get some motivation because they get reinforcement from having carried out the tasks. 
And in fact, most people really like doing the therapy because it's one of the few occasions in which they've had a positive reinforcement for what they've been doing. So let's come now to the actual study itself. What was the methodology employed here? How was the study conducted? It's uh, a randomised controlled trial where we compared treatment as usual with um, the therapy itself. And people were independently randomised by uh, a statistician, so we had no way of guessing who would be going into therapy and who would be going into the treatment-as-usual group. And then we followed them up. In fact, we um, assessed them first before they were randomised, and then we followed them up twice more, once at the end of therapy and once six months after the end of therapy. So they were in the study for about nine months altogether. And the final assessments in terms of the outcomes you were looking at were what? The main uh, results from the study were that although we got advantages for uh, planning and for cognitive flexibility, in fact, the the significant result was in working memory. So that's uh, working memory is a cognitive ability to manage two things at the same time. Um, So it's a way in which uh, people can manage information about one particular part of the task while also carrying out another different task or another different part of the task. Um, We also found that there were some effects on overall functioning, so on symptoms and uh, self-esteem, but these were only significant at the follow-up, so they weren't significant at the end of therapy. It was only at follow-up that we found those effects. And we found no direct effect on uh, social functioning, which in fact we never intended to get anyway, because um, the the theory behind the therapy is that the cognitive remediation therapy will improve cognition, And then cognition improvements will have an effect on overall functioning. And in fact, that's what we found. It was the the effects of improved cognition on functioning that um, uh, showed a a pretty good outcome at the end. But but, but hang on a second. You said um, said, uh, that there wasn't an improvement in social functioning, but there was an improvement in overall functioning. What does that mean? Uh, What it means is that, that if we were trying to predict those people who improved their functioning abilities... Um, What we discover is it's only those people who improve their cognition, who improve their functioning. Now, cognitive remediation therapy improves, does improve cognition in general, but it may be that you need a large amount of improvement in cognition to get an effect on functioning. But what do you mean by functioning? What kind of functioning are you talking about? This was a, a measure of people's social functioning, so their ability to interact with others, and this was rated by people who were involved with them in their care team. So it was their, usually their care coordinator. But surely there's a problem here, which is that the whole point of cognitive remediation therapy is not only that people's cognition should improve and would show up so in sort of neuropsychology testing, but it should have an impact on their lives. And isn't there a problem that the paper isn't demonstrating that it, it, this is having an impact, a significant impact on people's lives? Perhaps we should think about the costs of the therapy, first of all. Well, the cost of the therapy is around £500 and a few pence. So, in fact, it's relatively low in terms of the general costs for supporting people with this level of difficulty in the community. And at the end of therapy, both the, in terms of the memory improvement and the costs were significantly less. So we're actually suggesting that if you want to improve cognition then clearly this is a very cost-effective therapy. However, if you, there is a bit of a loss of effects as you go from the end of treatment to follow-up. And if you look at those, it actually only costs about, uh, I think it's about £46 in healthcare costs to create an improvement in memory. 
Now, we do happen to know that if we improve memory, you do get an effect on social functioning. What we really need to concentrate on, I think, is how to improve more of that group in terms of levels of, of their memory functioning. So what would the take-home message from the paper be, particularly for practising clinicians who might be treating people with schizophrenia? Well, it's clear that people with schizophrenia complain about their cognitive difficulties. They tell you that they find it very hard to watch television or read a newspaper because they can't remember what's going on. And they also find it very difficult to engage in rehabilitation programmes. So in terms of the uh, priority for as a target, then clearly cognition is very important. Um, But for clinicians, I suppose what we need to pay attention to is this therapy, as you said, is 40 sessions, so it's quite long. However, it isn't very expensive in terms of the amount of time it takes. Um, And clearly people do say that it that it is beneficial. And we have done a separate study asking people what they thought about the therapy and whether they thought they had improved. Um, Most people valued it. Perhaps not, uh, they didn't value it as highly as, uh, you know, their welfare benefits or their housing, but they did actually um, value it at higher than levels of uh, medication that they were being prescribed and also any other psychological treatments. The kind of tasks you're, you're referring to that are engaged in often involve using a computer. What, why can this not be something that you do via a computer or via the internet, for example? Well, in, in fact, we, the, the therapy that we've been doing is absolutely paper and pencil. Um, we did it that way because we th- hoped that it would be the most practical solution as a lot of people do not have access to computers. And with the group of people that we were actually helping... uh, uh, they hadn't been in contact with the computer, so it would have taken us quite a while to teach them. However, we understand that if we're going to help people in the future with a new generation that are used to interacting with computers because they've been interacting with them at, at school, that we do need to develop a therapy. And what we're doing now is developing... Um, a therapy, a new therapy, based on the same principles. It's called circuits, um, and it should be ready by the end of this year for field testing. And what will it involve? That will involve still the involvement of a therapist, which we think is very important um, for people with schizophrenia. Um, It will require them to practice tasks in a similar way and to generate strategies for how they will approach tasks. So the underlying principles of the therapy are exactly the same but we think that it will be much more engaging for some people and they might well stick at it for longer. And we also hope that it may be possible to provide some form of uh, intermittent therapy then for people who may have well have started on the paper and pencil tasks but ended up on the computer tasks. Because clearly there is a fall-off of effects between the end of therapy and the follow-up. I mean, the fall-off isn't massive, But maybe everybody just has to practice a bit more and maybe what we really need is sort of maintenance cognitive remediation therapy in the same way as you have maintenance medication. Well, I was going to ask you that. Um, Is it not the case that really what we're moving towards is an idea that with certain psychiatric disorders, there's certain psychological treatments, um, like maybe cognitive remediation therapy, that people may need to have topping up of on a regular basis or maybe even on a daily basis? I think that's right. I think that probably people do need to have um, regular um, contact with psychological therapies so that the skills that they develop don't go away. They also need to be made relevant to how the person is at that particular time. And it may be that uh, 
the person needs some skills to start doing a rehabilitation programme and they may need different sorts of skills when they start at work. And we need to train both of those kinds of skills and support them in, ev- in everyday life. Now, um, you've conducted a, a randomised control trial which has found a significant positive impact on people's cognitive functioning, yet you're deploying a psychological technique. If this had been a drug company or a drug that had, had a similar um, impact, um, there would be more of a financial push to introduce this across the NHS. Isn't there a problem that because it's a psychological technique, um, there isn't the same kind of marketing behind it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, although, of course, it is pretty cheap compared to the costs of most of the medication treatments that people receive, um, it is going to be much harder to implement. However, the uh, NICE are looking at the schizophrenia guidelines over the next uh, year and a half, and I think we'll be doing a re-evaluation of cognitive remediation um, about whether it's at, at the point now where it can be recommended for use within the NHS. Clearly, when cognitive behaviour therapy was adopted as a therapy for people with schizophrenia within the NICE guidelines, that has had a very big impact on access to that therapy within the NHS. Is it possible that cognitive remediation therapy in the future could be as much a part of the treatment of most major mental illness as we currently think cognitive behavioural therapy should be? That, that may be true. I, it's one of those things that I haven't really pondered on very much, but I do think for some people, um, for instance, people with bipolar disorder who may also have some difficulties, that this would be very important to um, implement. I think there's a sort of a difference between what the NHS ought to be providing in terms of improving healthcare outcomes and what everybody else should be doing in terms of fitness. And I mean fitness like, uh, you know, maybe we all ought to walk to work. Um, Maybe all of us ought to practice a bit of uh, cognitive skill to stave off um, the fall off uh, in old age. Um, But I'm not sure yet we're at the stage where, or even can consider the possibility where most people with most psychiatric disorders would ever consider doing this as part of their own NHS treatment. Professor Tilwax, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.